Hello, welcome to the Ice Cold Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Leifson. We've got a very special episode today. We've got Doss Amac joining us. He's currently a big man out at Cal Berkeley. He's had a very illustrious NCAA career thus far. He's from Vancouver, British Columbia, up in Canada. He was the 2020 WAC Player of the Year. He's a two-time WAC Defensive Player of the Year, two-time Lou Henson All-American, two-time National Player of the Year finalist, two-time Lefty Drizel Defensive Player of the Year finalist. He was the first player in 40 years to average 15 or more rebounds. He led the nation that year. And we go we go back to his high school days, talk about the the high school scene up in Canada all the way up to his current squad at Cal and what's that, what that's looking like. He's had an incredible journey this far. I'm excited for you guys to hear our conversation as we dove into everything. All right, Doss, how's the offseason been? How's California? It's been good, man. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot different from uh, the previous spots I've been at. Um, California is, you know... Uh, it's a special spot in a lot of ways. And I think uh, it reminds me of home, you know, uh, not just with like, you know, the weather and stuff. I think the people, the di- diversity and stuff, I think, you know, it just reminds me of being at, at the crib, being back uh, where I grew up. And I think, uh, you know, being back with the people that I, I've, you know, spent most of my college days with um, just feels like the right way to end uh, my college uh, journey. Yeah, and and what school like Cal Berkeley was just ranked the number one public school in the U.S. What's what's school been like for you? You know, school um, is obviously it's tough here, but uh, like they like they they honestly they they provide like a ton of resources to athletes, especially. Um, so like it's you know it's tough, but at the same time, like if you utilize what we have here. Um, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, uh, the one thing that is a lot different from other schools, like when you're in class, you know, you genuinely are around a lot of smart, quote unquote, smart people. Like you might not know, you know, someone in your class might be the next CEO of a big company. Um, so I think that's like one thing that's been pretty cool, like um, to see just because we have like team assignments and, you know, team projects and stuff, just talking to different people and hearing like, you know, the dreams and stuff that they have and, what they want to be is a lot different, you know, from what I've obviously been used to. So I think that's like one thing that's been pretty cool just to see. That's awesome. And what are you getting your master's in? Uh, business administration right now. Awesome. Yes. And then, and what did you graduate in from Texas Tech? So I was on a undeclared uh, master's program out there. It's kind of, we were just kind of taking classes, but um graduated at utah valley with the criminal justice uh bachelor uh, uh program over there and then let's take it way back to stevitston london secondary and what what was the high school basketball scene like up there in vancouver you know um it's a lot better now but back when i was growing up honestly man it was uh, it was tough for someone like myself you know to get noticed um, you know, my goal, obviously, since I was little, you know, like most kids, you want to play at the highest level possible. For me, you know, playing Division One was obviously a goal of mine. But 
I knew um, with how things were going over there, like there would be games where like, you know, the biggest guy guarding me was like 5'5", five, five, you know, I'm just this big, you know, this big seven-footer, you know, down in the middle of the paint. But I knew like if I wanted to get recruited, you know, by Division One schools, I had to leave um, eventually. And um, going into my senior year, that's when I decided, you know, I got to – uh, make a decision if I'm gonna, you know, stay here and possibly, you know, have to go to JUCO route or um, go to, you know, a school down in the states, and that's what I did uh, for my senior year. I went down to the Northeast, and I was in Maine for a year before getting recruited to uh, Mercer. And and let's talk about Mercer for a minute. Why Mercer out of high school? You know, uh, being a like a young kid, like. Going through the, the recruiting process, it was my first time. So, um, you know, any attention that I was getting from coaches was, you know, amazing. You know, I loved it. Uh, but, you know, Mercer was one of the few schools that were recruiting me that honestly um, was, you know, there at a, a lot of practices. They came to a lot of games. Um, and just early on in the process, like they were the first school that were kind of on me pretty heavy. And, you know, the vision that the coach had at the time, um, I think it was two years prior to that, they had made, you know, that big run and they upset Duke in the tournament. Um, you know, just kind of the vision that he had for us, you know, he said, hey, look, like we have, you know, seven, six, seven guys graduating and we're bringing in all freshmen, you know. And um, it was just kind of the perfect fit at the time because, you know, I had a chance to come in and, and – you know, play some minutes as a freshman, that's, like, rare. You don't really see that. Um, so I just knew, like, this was, you know, a big opportunity for me because, you know, at the end of the day, it was just about playing and going somewhere where I'd play, you know, and get some minutes. And and you've mentioned, obviously, your senior year in Maine. You go to Mercer. You go to Utah. Mercer, Georgia, obviously. You go to Utah Valley out in Utah. You go Texas Tech and now California. So you've been – You've been all over the U.S. How do you adapt? Yeah. How do you adapt to new living situations? Um, I think honestly, man, it's been for me. I think being away um, at a young age has helped me out a ton. I think just the ability to like, uh, whether it's you know dialogue or whatever it is, like I'm able to switch up, you know, um, how to be around different people. I think it's helped me out a ton. Um, and then also just like. Being, you know, I've been blessed to be around, like, really good people. Um, and not a lot of people can, you know, say that. So I think, like, you know, just even, you know, being at Mercer and obviously, you know, with you at Utah Valley and then, you know, at Texas Tech, being around, you know, a lot of those those guys um, that I played with that, you know, were really good people now here at Cal. Um, I think that's just, like, helped me. Obviously, when you're in a better mindset, you know, you're a better – You're when you're in a better mindset, you're just – I just think you um, – are more positive in a way. And I think that just helps out everything. No, for sure. I, I agree a hundred percent. And you've changed schools due to different circumstances throughout your college career. What has been a priority throughout the recruitment process from high school to each time you've transferred? You know, uh, for me, man, it's been just going somewhere where, you know, I trust the coaching staff and somewhere where I know, um, we're going to win and, and we're going to have a good squad around me and, and um, somewhere really where I'll play and, you know, be able to showcase my talents. 
obviously as a freshman, it's just go somewhere where you'll develop and get some minutes. And, you know, coming out uh, the first time, you know, my coach got fired. So it was a little bit different. You know, I'm just trying to find a spot. Um, and obviously Mark took, you know, a chance on me. And, and he, uh, you know, he was one of the few guys that believed in me, you know, at a young age. And I think um, that just kind of took off. And, and then obviously the time when I decided to transfer again, um, you know, it was, you know, uh, for a lot of uh, reasons outside of college, you know, just trying to better my draft stock and whatnot. And then obviously what happened last year, um, you know, now back at, uh, you know, back with his staff in California, I think, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I've just been so blessed to be, you know, in the situation I'm in right now. I think uh, with, you know, how things have gone the last couple of years, I think it's easy to um, put yourself in a bad mindset, but I think just being around great people again has, um, you know, given me that new edge again. And you, you mentioned coach Madsen. Could you just briefly explain what differentiates mm -hmm. him as a college head coach? Yeah, you know, um, he's one of the few college head coaches that um, I think truly instills confidence in you. Um, I think just like playing for him, like you could, you know, attest to this too. Like there's a lot of uh, critiquing, but like it's done in a positive way. And I think um, that, especially as a young player, like you're able to play through mistakes, you're able to build that confidence and he allows you to, um, you know, work on your game and actually, you know, show your game. Like my first year playing for him, um, you know, I was strict inside big. Second year come out, I'm, you know, 53 is attempted on the year. Um, I think that just shows to obviously if he trusts you, he's going to allow you to do uh, what you're good at. And I think at the end of the day for me, it's just been, you know, uh, just like that relationship that I have with him. You know, he's been a mentor to me and he's been someone that like I truly look up to, especially as I've got older, like, you know, I, I see now, uh, you know, how dirty this college game can be. So I think just being around great people, um, you know, it's, it's just beneficial, you know, before you hit that next level. And obviously he's got the experience at the next level playing and coaching. He he knows what it takes to get there and to stay there. What's yeah. your best, what's your best Madsen story? One that personifies how he is. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can let I'll let you think about it for a minute. I, I've got a good story that I don't know if I've ever told many people about Coach Madsen and just uh, un, un, he's an unbelievable person. And uh, and after one game, he had talked to me before the game talking about um, me having a, a big role in a game. So I was anticipating, you know, getting in there, getting, getting a few shots up, whatever. And I did not get a chance in that game. And I, you know, get a little pissed, whatever, didn't play. And then the next day he calls me into his office and he actually apologized for not playing me, which was so unusual to me. And that just tells you how he is as a person and he connects with players and, and he went out of his way and he he said, you're probably surprised that I'm doing this. But, I mean, I was a little taken back that he would do that, but that just shows how he is as a coach. I mean, he gets to know his players. He cares for his players. And yeah. and he he really goes above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that story right there is just truly, 
Um, like that ex exemplifies like who he is, bro, as a person. It's crazy. Like a lot of people, you know, when they first meet him, like, um, you know, this year I posted some recruits on visits. And the first thing, you know, when we have someone on one time, they're like, there's no way he's really that nice. You know, he's just faking it for the visit. And I'm like, no, man, he's really that nice. Like people don't understand. Like he's a, like a, a good person of, you know, of faith and, and morals first. And I think that just like, you know, uh, spills over into like his coaching and, and he's, he's intense, you know, like he, he can get, he can get after it. And I think that like balance, um, you know, is a main reason why obviously I, you know, chose to come back to play for him, but I feel like a lot of, you know, people uh, should be able to experience, you know, one time in their life. For sure. Having somebody that really believes in him like that is, is awesome. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about your red shirt year. So you go from a modest five points, five rebounds at Mercer. You sit out a year, obviously, due to the transfer rules. And you come back averaging 14 and 15 and break a lot of records. And that kind of sets the tone for the, for the following years. Talk about some of the work you put in that offseason and how your mindset shifted. Yeah, you know, um, for me, it was – you know, more than anything, just like a, like a confidence thing. I think, you know, being on that scout team and, and just building your confidence throughout the, you know, throughout the year and, and just kind of playing free flowly and obviously, you know, the work that you put in, like outside of that, um, you know, had put me in a position where like, once I realized like, okay, you know, I have a chance to be good at this sport. Um, I think I just took things more serious, you know, like, you know, you, you, see the transformation like just with you know like my body and like you know taking nutrition serious and all that stuff I think that just all um came together you know with the sit out here in the year obviously after which was you know my uh, best year there so I think all that kind of added up and um you know just that not playing for a whole year I think kind of like lit, lit that um, fire under me just because I was so excited to get back out there um, so excited just to play, you know, that, that, um, that year out was, was huge for me. All right. And then something that I noticed, cause obviously I was with you that year, you redshirted. I also redshirted after I transferred yeah. Yeah. and, and you're the standard that you hold yourself to and held yourself to, it seems like it elevated year after year. So where, where did that come from? And and how have you been able to sustain that level of discipline and intensity? Yeah, um, for me, I think, you know, over the years, um, it's just been trying to figure out, like, how I can get better, you know. Um, I think coming in, even, you know, my first year there, I wouldn't say, you know, I could look in the room and be like, okay, I'm the hardest working guy. I think that just developed with, um, you know, time and just maturing. Um, once I kind of realized, like, you know, if I truly want to be successful at this, especially at the next level, you know, because guys like, um, you know, you, you care about the sport, but it might not necessarily be, you know, what you want to do for the rest of your life. You know, and that's fine. A lot of people, you know, go different paths after basketball. And I think, you know, for me, once I had said, OK, you know, this is my life. I want to do this at the next level. You know, I want to make as much money as possible playing the sport. I think that just, you know, I sat down. I remember after my first year with Mark, uh, we sat down and, like, we just went over, like, okay, for me to be a pro, I got to do, you know, A, B, and C. Um, so, you know, that was the summer where I came back 
obviously like, you know, I was in the best shape of my life and and, and it just kind of led on from year to year. Um, obviously with the injury last year, um, you know, it's it was tough, but now coming back, like I think it's kind of that same thing this past off season. And, and you talked a little bit about um, Coach Madsen giving you feedback after that first breakout year. I know you also tested the NBA draft. What was the pre-draft process like uh, when you've been through it in the past? Yeah, you know, that, that pre-draft process, I think, just uh, opened up my eyes to really how, um, not just how the process works, but, like, how – to handle, I think, you know, being in those situations um, when you're in front of, you know, GMs and you're in front of, you know, head scouts, literally guys that push the red button to, you know, sign this person, draft this person, do this, this and that. And they're telling you feedback straight to your face. I think that um, was an eye opener for me because then I realized like, okay, you know, they're saying, if you you don't know, want to get drafted, if you want to play at the next level, you have to do A, B, and C. And like hearing it from their mouths and, you know, I think just changed my perspective because these are the people at the end of the day that are writing the checks, you know, and like, I think that um, just kind of opened my eyes and, and um, you know, this obviously after this year, when I go um, declare again, you know, I'm prepared for the process. I know exactly what it's going to be like. And uh, I think it just takes that stress off of like the unknown, which is out the window. Yeah, definitely knowing what to expect will, will be super beneficial. So after yeah. your playing career, whether that's five, 10, 15 years, what would you like to get into? Man, I, I've thought about that a lot. You know, for me, um, obviously I, I want to start a family, uh, but I think um, I, I really want to get into coaching. Um, that's something that I've thought about a lot, especially I want to say like the last year when I was hurt, um, just being on the sideline, I've kind of seen basketball from a different perspective. Um, and that's like changed um, just my perspective on like, you know, uh, being a leader, um, how I see the game. I think it's it's slowed the game down a little bit for me, you know, and I, I can see like in a way it's helped me out this year, like just even the practices and these scrimmages and stuff like I'm playing at a different pace. And I think like just having that mindset of like, you know, understanding, you know, the three plays before, you know, whatever's going to happen, I think um, excites me in a way, you know, so I think just like the coaching side of it is super exciting. I love the game. I want to be around the game. However, you know, however I can, hopefully, um, you know, it's, it's in a coaching setting, you know, but I think player development coaching is like something that I want to do eventually after basketball. I could definitely see you see you getting into that. And you've been surrounded by great coaches for a long time. So and you'll continue to have great coaches moving forward. Um, some random questions here for you. If you could have dinner with anyone in the NBA, who would it be? Anybody in the NBA? Um I would have to pick uh, LeBron James. Yeah, just just because I think, um, you know, in our generation, the past generation, this generation, I think it's just he's set that stone of like, I am the guy. 
Um, not just, you know, obviously, you know, with his greatness on the court, but I think just off the court, um, just really like seeing how he plays the game, you know, um, he, he's a lot different than someone like, you know, score like Kobe or Katie. I think just picking his brains, you know, like what he sees out there, how he thinks the game, I think would truly shock me, you know, because you hear all these stories about LeBron and um, I think just, Having a conversation with him would, would be crazy. I I thought you might go with LeBron, and that that's a good one. And not like you said, I mean, obviously he's probably the greatest player of our generation. But also, I mean, off the court, he does some incredible things. He's got that yeah. school that he started in Ohio, a great family. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's made an impact on and off the floor. Um, and yourself, you've gotten into fashion more over the past few years. <laughs> Uh, how how would you describe your fashion um i would just say it's you know it's pretty it's just calm you know calm calm style you know i i don't i don't know where my love for that started i think it was the last i want to say two years um but just like you know having that influence of um you know seeing it obviously at the pro level but just kind of like having fun with it um, you know, I think it's a, it's kind of like a personality statement, you know, like how, however you dress, you know, I feel like that's kind of like your mood or, um, that's how you're feeling that day, you know? And I think, uh, i just try to have fun with it. I don't really take it serious. You know, it's just like, it's more of a, uh, look good, feel good sort of thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and in Utah, I didn't see you break out too much fashion cause it was so cold. I mean, it's, it's yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. This is way too cold up there. Way too cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, one for the for the upcoming generation of of basketball players. What advice would you give to your fourteen or fifteen year old self, just looking back, knowing what you know now? You know, um, that's funny that you said that. I was actually thinking about this uh, the other day, just because you know we had some freshmen and stuff that were having a hard time. That you know, I feel like they've hit that freshman wall kind of early. Uh, but just thinking about all the times that, you know, I've struggled and stuck with it. Um, I think like that's, that's like one of the hardest things, you know, to, I think, accept as a player, like keep working. It sounds corny, but your time's going to come, you know, in one way or another. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, I think like for a lot of young kids, like, they might not see success right away. So I think like that work dips, you know, they might not get in the gym as much. Um, but like, if you're blessed with, you know, God given abilities and, you know, you, you combine that with the work ethic and the talent, you know, it's going to eventually, um, you know, match out. And I think that is something that I would tell my younger self, you know, like, just keep going, man. Like it's, it's going to get better. Um, you know, I've seen dark days. I've seen great days. I've, you know, I've been, at, I've been at the top, you know, I've been at the bottom, you know, and I feel like I've been at the best, you know, when I've been at the bottom, you know, cause when you're at the top, you got that X on your head and people are coming for you. And I think like now the narrative, you know, even for myself is kind of like, people don't know, you know, like uh, you see, you know, damaged goods, how's he looking, how's his foot, has he recovered? So I think like, just like that, Brent puts that fire back in me, you know, so I'm super excited for this year just to get things going again. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure a lot of a lot of high school kids will appreciate that advice. 
So let's talk about the current state of college basketball. I mean, a lot has changed during your career. NIL has become a thing. You played, had an incredible COVID year during COVID. Um, a lot of different rule changes. What rule would you change if you could change something about college basketball? You know, I, I'm big for the players, obviously. Like, um, right now, honestly, man, with, with the with the transfer rule, I, I, I would just change the fact that, like, you should be able to transfer, you know, if you're in good academic standing, you should be able to transfer as many times as you want, you know. Um, we've seen now with, with the NCAA they're doing, you know, whether, you know, right or wrong, um, kids with the two-time transfer game denied, you know, left and right. And I think that's um, something that I would change, you know. If someone wants to leave the school for whether the coach, coaching staff, you know, gets a new job, coach gets fired or, um, uh, you know, mental health, whatever the reasoning is, I think that they should have that opportunity to, you know, be eligible for that upcoming year because, a lot of people don't know, man, like basketball is an outlet for a lot of kids. And I think um, not having that outlet could, you know, be, you know, really tough and almost in a way hurt a lot of, you know, young, you know, student athletes. So I think that's one thing I'll change for sure. Um, and, you know, with the way it's going now, it's it's looking like, you know, it's about to get crazier, you know, with the NIL and everything. So I think, at the end of the day, if it's best for the players, you know, they got to keep doing it. For sure. And the players are the product. I mean, yeah. that's the reason that the arenas are full, reason why everyone's tuning in their TV. It's yeah. for the it's for the players. Um, who's the best player you've faced in your career or the toughest to guard? So maybe not the best, but toughest to guard that night. I mean, who was just cooking? We played um uh, I never Baylor last year. I forget the little guard who's playing for the Jazz now. Um, the guard. Oh, Ke Keontae George. Keontae George. Yeah, he was he was a tough cover man. Like when we played him at home, he had like twenty something with like twelve minutes left in the game, and he looks over at our head coach and he's like, "Watch, I'm not going to score the rest of the game. We're still going to win." And that's exactly what happened. So like. He was he was someone that you know was uh, I thought was very very impressive. Um, earlier on, I remember um, playing for the Spurs. Now Champagne, uh, when we played him, St. John's, he was really impressive. I mean, he reminded me of a Carmelo. He had like tw a twenty some ball that night, but like just how he could get to his spots with his size, and he was just really impressive. Um, now you know on a four year deal with the Spurs, I think you know. Uh, he, he was somebody that was tough. I'm trying to think who else was. Those are those are two good ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think those two. Champagne could have had a cool thirty, but they were up uh, a little bit, so they they let him relax toward towards yeah, the end there. Honestly, yeah, yeah um, I was excited though, but <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't name any names. No, so, we won't name it. So for someone who did not pay much attention this offseason, give a brief overview of Cal's roster. What What's going on out there? Yeah, so um, we had, um, I think it was like the top five recruiting class in the country. So we were bringing in a transfer, grad transfer from Memphis. Um, we averaged 10 points last year at Memphis. Keontae Kennedy, 
Um, you know, 3 and D, uh, really good wing that has great size, about 6'5". Um, Jalen Cohn, who coach had played, you know, uh, twice last year. Um, I think he averaged like 19 at Northern Arizona, um, who started off his career at uh, Virginia Tech. You know, I think he was a former five-star um, who's obviously, you know, going to be a big piece for us. Um, you know, the players that they had with, you know, Devin Askew, a really, really good guard um, that, you know, has played at the highest level Kentucky's first year, um, Texas second year, and now here at Cal. Um, and with uh, some of the younger guys that return, returning from last year with, you know, Grant uh, Newell and Andy Okafer, um, two bigs that are super athletic, you know, all freshman team last year, you know, puts this roster, um, you know, in a, in a really good spot. And I think, you know, the last piece that we're missing right now, Jalen Tyson, you know, pending on his waiver. Um, I put all my money down. He's the best scorer in the Pac-12, you know. Like he's he's a, he's an NBA prototypical size, you know, 2'3", 6'7", 6'8", you know, 220, strong as a bull, you know. He he uh, was with me last year at Texas Tech, so um, we're just obviously waiting on that, uh, uh, that appeal. Um, We'll see how that goes. We should know here, you know, the next little bit. But you know, our roster shaping up to to make some noise in the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm excited to to follow along in that that Jalen Tyson situation. Obviously, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there was a UNC wide receiver who kept getting denied, and it became enough of a headline to where after four games, the NCAA finally just let him play. And yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I would I would imagine something similar happens out there if he if he is denied again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's word that we might hear within you know the next 24 hours. Obviously, we play Monday, so we want him before the game. But at the same time, it's like you can't really uh, budge the NCAA and what they're trying to do. You know, they take their own time, and um, you know it's it's going to be a it's going to be tough without him. Uh, but I think with him, we're you know, we're going to be at the top of Pac-12. Yeah, and in changing gears here, there's I want to do a rapid-fire segment with you. So it's it's yeah. kind of like th- this or that. So you choose one of the two. I'll put 45 yeah. seconds on the clock, and you'll just run yeah. through these. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, MJ or LeBron? LeBron. Beach or mountains? Beach. Golf or tennis? Golf. Football or soccer? Football. Movie or TV? Movie. Um, night or morning person? Night. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Science or math? Science. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Text or call? Text. Lunch or dinner? Dinner for sure. Batman or Superman? Ooh, Batman. Fruits or vegetables? Fruit. Lunch or dinner? Dinner. Time. That's it. That was Ooh. good. I you you had a lot of answers that I that I would go with. So I, I respect that. <laughs> and, and just to wrap up, we got a few questions that some people sent in. Um, walk us through overcoming your injury at Texas Tech. Um so, you know, for, for me, uh, the injury that I sustained obviously was a foot injury. Um, it was, I want to say, 
a month and a half before the season was supposed to start. So um, I was experiencing some pain in my foot. I thought I was sprained an ankle. You know, fast forward a couple of weeks trying to play on it. I found out that I had a broken bone in my foot um, that, you know, I was basically trying to play on all summer that I didn't know was, uh, you know, broken. And um, I was kind of in a tough spot because the bone that I had broke, um, you know, the navicular is, is a bone that kind of takes a lot of the pressure of your foot. And, um, you know, the one that obviously you've seen in big men in the past and being suffered, you know, a couple of years ago, Zion has suffered recently. Um, I think that, you know, put that stress in my mind. You know, I've seen these guys out for two years now. Like, you know, they haven't played a lot of games. And I think that just uh, stressed me out a little bit. And I think um, the timeline was a little bit shaky because they were like, it's anywhere from six to, you know, 10 months. And they're, and they're like, even at that, we don't know how you'll recover just because, you know, I'm 6'11", you know, 250, walking around on it. So it, it was scary at first. Um, and, you know, the, the season that, you know, was supposed to be the quote-unquote, you know, biggest year, not just for myself, but our team, we're coming in top 20, you know, preseason ranked, all these accolades and whatnot, and it's just like an injury takes you out. Um, but it was, a, it was a tough couple months, you know, from the start of the season, having to watch the guys play, not being able to play. Um, and we obviously started off struggling and that was probably the hardest part. Like just seeing the struggle that we went through knowing like everything that we're struggling with is what I am great at, you know? Um, and I think that was hard for me to see. Um, but then just getting to a point, you know, where I wasn't necessarily ready to come back and I was still, um, recovering and doctor had a different timeline. Athletic trainer had a different timeline um you know coaching the, coaching staff yeah 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 so the stress is obviously start to build up when you're losing and like you know we had to make a game time decision and um you know I came back I think it was a month and a half early from when I was supposed to come back and I tried to play um I mean try to do what I could do and you know we we ended out the season um uh, winning like the last, I want to say, five out of the seven games that I had uh, played, because I played the first three, I think it was in January or something, we lost those, and then I had taken a couple weeks off because I had re-injured it, and then I came back. So, you know, it was a tough process, man, because I took about two months right after the season to fully rehab it, and um, before I had, you know, got out to Cal, I said, I'm not getting out there until I'm 100%. And, you know, it – by God's, you know, grace and blessing. Like I'm at a place now where I can say I'm hundred percent, like I'm fully healthy, I'm back in shape. So I'm really excited to, you know, just show what I guess I was trying to show last year, you know? Yeah, for sure. And another question, what's your pregame meal? <laughs> pregame meal? Um, I'm a big pasta guy, you know, I love pasta. I think that's like my favorite pregame meal. Um, I would say like, I would try to stay away from red meat before, but like pasta chicken or uh, pasta. And even if it's just like with red sauce or something like that's like my favorite pregame meal or with like some salmon or something um, is what I can rock with uh, before the game. And and you've played at all three of these Nike, Adidas or Under Armour? Nike by far. I go Nike, Adidas and then 
I know I was down, down here. <laughs> and, and one more question to wrap up. What's one question you wish I would have asked? One question you'd have asked. Um, where, uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe something, you know, with, with our, something to do with the Russia year, some, some question that, you know, would give the, the fans a, a little bit of a insight to how you really were, you know, <laughs> how you were. <laughs> no, no, that, that scout team, that's a legendary scout team. I put that scout team up against, against any of them. <laughs> any of them, man. I think that scout team could honestly, that, that scout team could upset a lot of teams, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hey, and one more question. Are you staying in touch with Trey Wood? Did you see his dunk a couple weeks back or last week? I did, man. I, I texted him right after. He he hit me back, man. He he's uh he's been playing well, bro. He's he's um an NBA talent in my eyes, you know, obviously. Um, you know, and that's me being a little bit biased, obviously, but um with him, you know, not getting his uh year granted back, I think like you know, his road back to, you know, America, I don't think it's too far away, you know, just from what I've heard and some scouts and stuff, I think uh, it's really, you know, possible and realistic that, you know, he might be coming back this way pretty soon. No, I agree. He's in a good league over there. It seems like he's in a good headspace, and I know yeah. all of us are, are rooting for him. Oh, hey, white well, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate you hopping on, Dawes. Thanks for making the time. Good luck this year. Be following along. Rooting for you, man. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me, bro. Of course. Yes, sir.